The New York Times Magazine recently published an article titled "The Age of Anti-Ambition" by Noreen Malone. It arouses my curiosity immediately. The subtitle, which further explains the author's direction, makes me think, "Oh, I've got to read this." Those smaller fonts crept under the bold-typed title only heightened the message in the most dramatic way. It says. When 25 million people leave their jobs, it's about more than just burnout. These words sit opposite to the illustrated image of a contract burning in flames. Why Americans feel the way we do about our jobs during the pandemic years can be a bit perplexing. We anticipated tremendous anxieties over financial plights because of sheltering in place. Isolation policies, traveling restrictions, gathering restrictions—all pointed towards a profound change in lifestyle and economy, resulting in loss of jobs and therefore reduced income. We had three rounds of government stimulus checks because of this. Trillions of dollars were spent to make sure that we are going to be okay, and the result—well, that's the mystery. The official numbers say we are doing great, but many of us simply feel miserable. Farid Zakaria even wrote an article titled "Our Economy Is Doing Well," but many Americans refuse to believe it. After all, our GDP for 2021 is 5.7 percent, the highest in 40 years, and 4 percent unemployment rate is at all-time low. What more do you want? Well, maybe many Americans who refused to believe the economy is doing well is simply an emotional expression of how they actually feel inside. The reason why I was intrigued by Noreen Malone's article, "The Age of Anti-Ambition," is because this is the first time I've read someone who could actually articulate the cultural emotions with regard to marketplace intelligently. Malone is a columnist. She's a white-collar office worker. She describes the environment where people like her would inhabit for 50 hours a week an ecosystem. I find that very fitting. An ecosystem is not just a place where we go to do a task. It's a place where we live. It means we interact, socialize, solve problems, and create some. An ecosystem. Is the place where we may build up and tear down, generate and waste, work and play, give and take, learn and unlearn, manage and to be managed. I can go on. When all these dynamics happen, we would draw identities from it, establish confidence within ourselves, and build relationships with others. Some may go in the workplace as managers, some as problem solvers. Some as peacemakers, some as the glue, some as the pillars, some as jesters. We all have seen how our colleagues came together, playing different parts that make up the totality of the work. Now, the pandemic took all that away. Working from home in your pajamas, with or without Zoom, is not only not romantic; it kills the ecosystem. Malone says, and I quote: 
The act of working has been stripped bare. You don't have little outfits to put on, and lunches to go to, and coffee breaks to linger over, and clients to schmooze. The office is where it shouldn't be, and all that's left now is the job itself, naked and alone. Unquote. Perhaps the only part that I can't relate to is about the little outfit. In reflection, she follows up with this comment: "A lot of office workers seem to be thinking about our jobs more like the way many working-class people have forever, as just a job, a paycheck to take care of the bills, not the sum total of us, not an identity." What I would add is that. If that's true, employers should start worrying about why would their employees want to show up tomorrow if they don't have to. This is not the complaint of the spoiled brat who used to have it all and now finally have to face some sacrifice. We are talking about a fundamental change of the nature of work and how we relate to it. Gone are the days, or it should be. When employers can think that work is all their employees think about, the great resignation should be an alarming bell. And then, there were the labels of essential versus non-essential. Malone says neither label makes you feel good about yourself. For the non-essential, it gives you a sense that all the hustle and bustle that have to do with your managing, coordinating. Planning, organizing, surveying, or connecting do not matter. In fact, the restrictions on worship gatherings created a lot of resentment from the religious community in the beginning because of exactly that. They feel the label is telling them what they are doing is not important, even when we all know the intention is to differentiate those who are needed to get the basics of life going. And then. There's the essential. In truth, there exist two classes of essential workers. We have the ICU nurses, the pulmonologists, the ER doctors, healthcare providers who save lives, and then we have the Amazon drivers, the waiters, and the waitresses. The comment of Malone is both insightful and haunting. She says. A vast majority of people deemed essential have jobs like Amazon warehouse worker or cashier. To be told that society can't function without you, and that you must risk your health to come in, while other people push around marketing reports from home, often for much more money, it becomes difficult not to wonder if essential is cynical. A polite way of classing humans as expendable or non-expendable. I don't have an answer to that. Do you? Or maybe we could be finally looking at the spiritual matter that modern-day capitalism never meant to answer. What is the value of man if he is not measured by how much he makes? What becomes of our identity when what we do no longer cultivate? Or nurture, but simply contribute to the gigantic economic machine that continues to drive. That is really not that philosophical. What I'm asking is this: If our job is to put cheese in the lunchables eight hours a day, what does that make us? 
What Malone says in the article is that that has been what working class dealt with, and it has become what many of us need to deal with in the past two years. And 25 million people decided to leave the workforce and take another look before they continue to plant their heart and soul in whatever they're doing. For maybe they don't want to look into the mirror one day and found that they have lost 30 years of their lives in nothing meaningful. The paycheck is no longer enough. I don't think this is a story of class warfare. I don't think this is a story of capitalists suppressing labors or haves versus the have-nots. I think this is more of the story of soul searching. When a system runs its full course and can no longer deliver what it promises, people would feel it. And I think this is the moment when some of us push back and start looking for something else.